Football, baby! Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It's that time of week. We're past the first mock draft, and man, that went well. Travis. That was a good one. Travis, I feel like we start these things off very formal, and I like it. It feels good, but I don't host a game show, okay? I don't. All right. I uh, I just want to get into some guys that, that we like. You know, we're, you know, it's. We're kind of we're talking fantasy football. It's a privilege. We're here with a bunch of our friends online, tuned in to our our broadcast here. So we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna step to the other side of the plate. We're going to change up our stance, and <laughs> and uh, I'm just gonna ask you, man, how you doing? You doing all right today? Uh, nothing brings me joy like running this show on a Tuesday night. That's right. I'm That's a happy right. man. I- it's been a week full of a weekend full of yeah um Scott Fishbowl mock drafts which has been fun right. to try to figure out the different Shoot. formats and hear people argue why they feel a certain way. Uh yeah. one thing I'm not willing to do is get into it with somebody over strategy for the Scott Fishbowl. Yeah, and people are the, people are very people, much wanting to do that. <laughs> people I feel well because you get a lot of people in the Scott Fishbowl that one, they've been waiting to get in the Scott Fishbowl for years, and then they're finally in. They're like, I know how to, I know how to. I've been studying this for three years. And, yeah. and say that, man, I just, I did, I've been doing the, a bunch of this research. Um, but also, yeah, the mock drafts, look, we've got, um, t- what, 20 days now until the, the, the drafts start for Scott Fishbowl. Um, there, there's a lot more information that's going to come out. People, we have time, but in yeah. terms of the Scott Fishbowl, look, we, you and I are both in the Scott Fishbowl representing losing sucks. Um, very grateful, very grateful to do so. Awesome. Such a great cause. If you don't know what the Scott Fishbowl is, please look it up, donate if you can. Uh, it's just to raise awareness for, you know, fantasy cares and all this other good stuff. It's, it's really wonderful. And Scott fish does a wonderful job. I'm really looking forward to, to us meeting him at the fantasy football expo in August. Yes, sir. That's going to be so much fun. Um, but yeah, it, that's just, it's, it's, it's not worth getting into arguments over on, on Twitter or sleeper, wherever you're getting into arguments about the Scott fishbowl kind of takes the, the meaning out of it. So uh, keep it in context, you know, keep it, uh, keep it real. But man, it, that's shocking news today. Rob Gronkowski decided yeah. to hang up the cleats. As somebody who has relied on late round Gronk in a lot of best ball leagues, I think maybe 20% exposure. Mm-hmm. That'll sure. hurt. Uh, cost would, me three, yeah. $3 at a time at the tight end position. But I guess, would you say that he hung up the spikes? Is that what you would say? He, he Sure, he hung up the spikes. Yeah, he hung up the spikes. The that that spike. one actually works for both. The yeah. And the celebration. And the spike. Yeah. Well uh, that done, was, Dustin. That was ent- I mean... Look, I'm not saying I'm a genius, but I'm not. not <laughs> Do you saying. think he comes back? You texted me after I said Gronk's done, and you said it's early. It's still June. Do you think he's pulling a Brady? I do not. I I don't think he thinks that he's pulling a Brady. I think Brady wants Gronk back enough. 
to say, look, I'm playing one more year. Here's you 50 million under the table. Yeah. He's like, look, man, <laughs> I need you. There's a, t- look, there's a chance that two more months go by. We're in training ca- or we're in, you know, the preseason and Gong's like, you know what? I could play one more or, you know, what? could be mid season. Who knows? Maybe he's like, Hey, would you come back and play? And he's like, yeah, I'll play half a season and he's back. So yeah, I can see it. I, I think what's really going on is the live golf tour messaged Gronk oh, and said, yeah. we'll, give you, we'll give you 160 just to join the tour. Sure. Come over here, shoot 24 over and we'll pay you a couple hundred <laughs> very, grand. Very and, real uh, entertainment possibility. There. That's wild. You know, not to turn this into a fancy golf podcast, but Brooks Kepka going over there. That, that blew my mind today. Like I saw wow. something that said Tiger Woods made, has made $120 million on tour from his winnings. Sure. Dustin Johnson signed for 120 million just to join the tour without winning one of their tournaments. It's insane. Well, sure. I mean, look, it you talk about where they're getting the money from, it's seemingly endless. So, it's it's exciting for golf. It's like the XFL of golf. I love it. Uh I just yeah. need We'll see what happens. It might crush to, to buy it and so yeah, we're that's going to be exciting. Um, it might crumble and, got... and completely die. Yeah. Um <laughs> speaking of die, we've got Ben a die nine nine nine, hoping that he, yeah. be, being Gronk, takes a summer sure. off and joins just before the season. I think Dustin, Dustin's gut says that's happening as well. Yeah, I feel that, that it just it feels like it's the most realistic. Um, Instant but, reaction though, what does this do to Mike Evans and Russell Gage, or oh, uh, Cameron Brait, Kate Auden? Who gets the bump? I mean, can I you bump I... Mike Evans any more than he was already bumped? I'd have to give a bump to. I mean, I guess Cameron Braid, but like, look, don't get it twisted. Cameron Braid is not all of a sudden this super deep value tight end that you can just plug into your starting lineup. He's not like he is a touchdown dependent tight end who will give you at most three to four targets and you hope for 24 yards and a touchdown. Like that is what Cameron Braid is. It's I don't always- know if I agree with that. Really? If, I, I think if Gronk does not come back, and Cameron Brait is the starter. I can see him averaging five to six targets catches a week and being a very streamable weekly. Uh, I know top 12 for tight ends sucks to say, but you just said five to six catches though. Like what I'm telling you is that he is not Gronk. He's not going to stretch the seam. He will, he will get you five catches. It will be for 18 yards. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. Like I'm not like, he's not, this valuable guy like i'm do you think away. he's more con- more consistent than a guy like gesicki or Njoku, given he's probably having jacoby reset uh like if you're going into week one are you starting cameron Brait as a starter or mm-hmm. david and oh man exactly uh, I, God, so he I is would, very honestly, probably just leave the league like i, like, <laughs> I just do i have to well, like, I mean, there... let, like, let's say you draft TJ Hawkinson and then you grab Bray sure. late and you sure. have Njoku late. TJ Hawkinson goes down and camp for four weeks. Oh, God. Who are you starting for those first four weeks? I would go Cameron Bray. I guess I would Bronk go Cameron Bray. Sure, you want players on good offenses. This doesn't make me feel good, okay? Like, Mike Evans uh, gets a die bump. says bumps Gage. I, I have to agree with that. Gage goes from somebody I've owned everywhere and I think is a top 30 to 
Based sure. on volume alone, is he a, a pretty safe wide receiver two right now? Mm, yeah. Is he a top 24? Yeah, I, I mean, for the time he's going to have this role, I think he's a, a top 24. Honestly, you know who I think it, it really bumps up um, is Leonard Fournette. I think it's going to bump okay. up Leonard Fournette. He's going to play that that deep or that that deep that shallow role. He's going to be the check down guy. Uh, Cameron Brate's going to have his, his his he's going to be used in those third and short you know short yard situations to you know get underneath the coverage. So I think look, Russell Gage is going to be there. You've still got guys like Cyril Grayson, Tyler Johnson. Like they have guys on the roster. They're not yeah. guys that are going to be useful because they're going to get three or four targets and that'll be it. So I think it bumps gauge over the guys like Elijah Moore, Gabriel Davis. Uh, We'll talk about him later. Amari Cooper. I think gauge jumps over those guys um, because Gronk is realistically over the course of a healthy season, a hundred target guy. Yeah. Those got to go somewhere and they're not all going to break. Yeah. It's yeah. So I feel like Like Elijah Moore, Russell gauge, who, who are you, who would you be more comfortable starting? Oh man, yeah. I guess Russell Gage. Um, they're, they're probably going to come in close for me. Um, but we've got a bunch of other wide receivers. A lot of them old to talk about. That's kind of the whole theme of today's episode: old, old wide receivers and tight ends. Um, we've also got some other topics I want to talk about. Starting off, though, Travis, do we want to talk about a running back that has some people? I guess questioning where he can land you in particular, we, we don't have to spend a lot of time on him, but I do want to touch on cam Akers because uh, he's, he's on a good offense. And speaking of another good offense, the Rams are going to score points, you know, other than some other, you know, guys retiring in that offensive line, reshuffling, bringing in Allen Robinson, you know, Odell, you know, maybe comes back later in the year. Who knows this team? What, what do you feel is a realistic expectation or finishing spot for cam makers? And I'll just put it out there as a kind of a guiding point. Is he a top 20 running back? I think he's absolutely a top 20 running back. There are a handful of teams in the NFL that will score close to 30 points a game. The Rams are in that group. So, um, I think he's, for me, he's a locked and loaded top 12. I think he's in that 10 to 12 range. Sure. I love me guys like Saquon Barkley. However, okay. I think acres over a Barkley and now Nick Chubb is not a crazy thing to say. Given yeah, that he- offense, given the fact that this is what I looked at when I looked at acres. Um, and I actually put it out in a tweet a couple. Yeah. Maybe 10 days ago. Um, I said, if you're out due to injury concern, okay, but we encourage you to reconsider 2021 regular season, Daryl Henderson and Sonny Michelle combined for over 1800 yards, 407 touches. So Sonny's gone. Everybody agrees. Akers is the alpha over Daryl Henderson. I don't think Henderson's not involved, but we know what he is and he's not a He's not somebody that will be a featured workhorse back. I think Akers is that guy. Um, they yeah, drafted a rookie. He's out for the year. When I look at what is RB10 to 12, 
um, just to gauge kind of what does that mean? RB10 last year was Antonio Gibson. So what it's going to take is around 300 touches and at least seven or eight touchdowns. Antonio Gibson had 300 touches and seven seven scores. Sure. I think Akers gets very close to, if not more than 300 total touches. And you give him that offense and how many times they rush and how many scoring opportunities they will have. I think eight to 12 touchdowns is an absolute floor with the ceiling of, I know it's lofty, but 15 touchdowns for Cam Akers. Uh, see, that's just, it's tough. It's tough for me to say that because 300 touches is a lot. Um, and you talked about Gibson and him finishing as the RB10. We've talked about this um, before. Yes, he finished as the RB10. Um, but the, you, for what you paid for him, you know, that was disappointing. You know, the RB10, having to take him in the first round, you are having to take him at about the RB6 or 7, finishing as the RB10 in the, in the way he did. Yeah, he gave you some okay weeks, but he didn't give you any weak winning weeks. He, he, didn't, he never had that performance when you're like, ah, there's that guy that I, I drafted to win me the league. You know, because that, that was, if you remember going into last season, he was, you know, hyped up to have that CMC type role. He was finally going to have that three down role and it just never came. Right. And now he's got, you know, more competition, but that's not really the argument we're trying to make. My argument with Cam Akers is that he's coming off of this injury. This is, this will be his first season that he'll start after the injury. You know, I sure, don't know if I consider him coming off of injury though. But he, I feel like the playoffs he was coming off of injury, did not have a yeah. setback, gets a whole extra offseason to get ready. I feel like coming sure. off of injury for me is like ETN. That I mean, and I sure. love ETN, but I don't think that we view their injuries the same. A lot of people do. I don't. I, I feel like Aker's not having a setback. He's not now coming off of injury. He just has a history of a serious injury. I feel like he still is coming back from an injury. It's a torn Achilles. Yes, he came back very fast, um, but he didn't necessarily prove that he was back. You know, he wasn't efficient. You know, neither none of the running backs were, especially when they got in the playoffs and they were facing strong defenses. You know, against the Bucks, he was not efficient because they're a great run defense. You know, facing the Bengals, the Bengals held the Rams running or offense in check. It. Akers has a lot to prove still. And I don't think that the Rams are going to co come in with their young running back still and say, here's 300 touches. The uh, starting off a season, you know, the first full season after you've torn your Achilles. And when, I, if you're looking at it as a football construction um, standpoint, when they do have other bodies like a, Daryl Henderson, when they do have a guy they just drafted in, Kyron Williams, when they've got guys that they see like, we don't have to give one guy 300 touches because we have two other guys that one, one of them can catch the ball. The other one runs similarly to Cam Akers and who has handled the load for us in a committee that we ultimately want anyway. So I think talent-wise, yes, Cam Akers has the talent to be a top 15, top 12 running back situation. But it's talent and the, but the situation is 
the Rams are top 10 in the league over the last five years in rush attempts. Sure. They were top but, three in the league last year in red zone rush attempts. So, right. The opportunity is there. The opportunity is there. Absolutely. But if you're asking me who I would rather have, you know, him or like you just said, Nick Chubb. Now Nick Chubb is going to be the focal point of that offense. That defense is still top notch. Like, yes, it is going to be a Jacoby Brissett led offense, but Nick Chubb will but, probably. But Kareem Hunt was gone. When Kareem Hunt is there, they are pretty darn equal. And sure. I don't think the defense is going to respect Jacoby Brissett. Mm hmm even as much as they did Baker Mayfield. The fantasy community loves to hate on Baker Mayfield. Media loves to hate on Baker yeah. Mayfield. Sure. Other NFL players, I saw an interview with Joe Burrow, and he said, Baker Mayfield balls out. He's a very good quarterback Sure. when people aren't dogging on him all the time. Yeah, but if you ask his teammates, his teammates don't respect him. But that's... that's yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, we're Before not like injury, that. though, he was... He was plenty fine and i don't think jacoby Brissett is going to push back defenses the way that baker mayfield has i i brought up nick chubb just because that's a name you had brought up but if you bring up like jk dobbins you know like uh, i'm taking acres all day long over uh, over dobbins like so right now cam acres is going as the rb14 right after him you're you've got antonio gibson you've got jk dobbins travis Etienne. um you know camara is going before him you know it's so right around that area, I mean, personally, like, yeah, I would probably take Cam Akers over, probably over J.K. Dobbins. Um, Javante Williams in a redraft? I'm taking Cam Akers this year. I would take Javante. I would take Javante really? over Cam Akers. Yeah, because people assume James that... James Conner? Um, that's tough. Um, I think James Conner just had an unbelievably outlier year. Not Is only for though? himself, but I, for that offense, yeah, I don't think, I don't think James Conner going for touchdowns in the teens is likely sure. again. Why not? Um, we saw a very hindered Kyler Murray for a I lot mean, they, of the season. They had said before they don't want him to run as much. Um, I think uh, Daryl Williams will be on the field a lot more than people think. I don't. I don't think he'll be on the field. I don't think he's strictly a back, strictly a backup. He, we saw in Kansas City, he's a nice weapon. Sure. Yeah. So Ben, I agree with what you're saying as well in the comments. I look. I'm taking Acres over over Connor. I'm um, just based on offense and probably the role. But I what I don't want to. I don't. I'm not going to get over over my skis here and say that Acres is a lock to be a top ten running back. I, I don't. I don't think that that even with I don't think he gets the 300 touches. That's that's where I'm okay. at. So, For me, he's R, he, I think I'm going to have him at RB12. That's fair. I, I think I've got him closer to 15. Um, okay. So that that's okay. Uh, and, the Javante we'll, Adams Cam Akers watch is going to be very interesting. For sure. Had For Melvin sure. not gone back, I think Javante obviously is much different. Yeah. I think what we see in Cam Akers is what we wish we would have gotten to see with Javante Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, if if Kamara's not suspended, he's for sure over yeah. Akers. Kamara's a, yeah. a top five type I mean, guy. For sure. I mean that's yeah, that's that's easy to say. Um let's get into some wide receivers. Let's get into some wide receivers. We'll start off young because there are a couple guys I want to touch on. Okay. And two guys, ironically enough, 
who are most comparable on player profiler to Stefan Diggs. One of them being a favorite of mine in Rashad Bateman. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. What? I, I want to hear the argument because Stefan Diggs to me is is elite, elite, elite. I, look, I'm not sitting here saying they are Stefan Diggs. I'm saying they are comparable to Stefan Diggs. I'm sure Ben is over here sitting here waiting. Who yeah, are and the other players? one is Christian Kirk. <laughs> But look, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not he- sitting here saying that both yes, of these guys can be. I'm not saying at all that they can be Stefan Diggs. I'm saying let's look at their value. Okay. Rashad Bateman is going as like the wide receiver, like 28 right now. Um, and Why is that? Why is he not caught up? That's a great question. Um, what is it that people are doubting? Is it? They don't think that he can do what Hollywood did or close to it. I mean, it's Andrews and Bateman and who? I don't understand well, why why the it, delay to move him up into the, right. the top twenty four guys. So it's that whole misnomer that they're just a they're a run. I hate I hate when people say oh they're a run first offense. I look at it as does this offense score points and move the ball, and is look. If you're talking just top two options on an offense, even on a bad offense, the top option is still valuable. You know, Rashad Bateman will be the top wide receiver on that offense. Yes. Mark Andrews is going to get his. But you know what? They also don't not throw the ball. Lamar Jackson throws the ball pretty dang well. And Rashad Bateman Hollywood just had a ridiculous ball. amount of targets. Exactly. And Rashad Bateman, I'm just going to say it, is more talented than Hollywood Brown. He is a better receiver than Hollywood Brown. Okay? I'm not ready to go there. I am 100%. I hope, you're, I hope you're right, but I'm not ready to do it yet. But that's a well, great look at uh, Dye's comment is great. They oh, are play him. action heavy. That right. is a very sexy way to say right. That's a great <laughs> way to put it. That's a great... <laughs> And yeah, I, I'm not going to get into a whole bunch of you know football theory, but 100% agree with that. But I want to move on to the guy I really am here to talk about, okay. and that is Christian Kirk, because I'm not here to tell you that this guy is going to win your league. I'm here to tell you that he is being undervalued, and as a possible number one wide receiving receiving option on your team or on a team, a guy who just blew up the wide receiver market a guy who is tethered to a number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence and who I think is going to have a, a, a redemption year and under a competent uh, head coaching staff. Now Christian Kirk is going to be valuable, especially with where he's going. He's going as I think it's the wide receiver 49. Let's take a so look. So He's here. going 49. Where do you think he should be? I think I mean, he needs make to this be going... make this useful for me as I enter draft season. Sure, he where should, be should going... I be okay taking him? I think you you can take him around where you would get like a Brandon Cooks. Um, uh, Ben uh, Lavisca's dead. Uh, Lavisca doesn't exist anymore. Uh, there is no hope for Lavisca. He's being talked about as maybe having a punt return role. Get out of here! With How LaVisca. did that happen? Well, I think it was just because he's a bad receiver. Um, but there was so much hype. 
Well, sure, but he look coming out coming out of college. I don't want to get sidetracked, but Lavisca was raw. He a lot of his touches were manufactured out of college, and he's he's like a Cordero Patterson. He just never caught on. Um, I'm gonna crush your dreams, Ben, because they were my dreams, and you know what? We have to live in reality. Um, but with how high uh, do you think you would be okay taking him if you're a if you're somebody that is seeing the light with Christian Kirk? Sure. The guys right above him are Lazard, Renfro, Ayuk, mm-hmm. Thielen, Juju, all those guys. Yeah. I don't. I can't take him over that level guy. Um, I could. Um, I. You take him over Ayuk and Renfro? Yeah, I would. Wow. Okay, so you are very in on Christian Kirk. Yeah, because I. Uh, yeah, Ben, we do have Paris Campbell, and yeah, I would take him over Ayuk and. And yeah, I mean, Ayuk is probably right there. I take him over Hunter Renfro. Look, I, you know me, I love Hunter Renfro, but Hunter Renfro is not the number one option. Christian Kirk realistically walks into a role already paved for 120 targets. Like Marvin Jones stays. Do you, do you think he competes to be the number one there? Sure. But I think Christian Kirk is a, is at this point in their careers, a better receiver. And I don't think Marvin Jones is there. I think he'll. I think he will be not with the team. Green Bay. Sure, maybe. I think we just say this with any veteran receiver. Go to Green yeah, Bay. Uh, yeah, go to Green Bay. Absolutely. Jerry Rice. <laughs> yeah, like, he's going, he's going to Green, Green Bay. Bay's like we don't want any of you except <laughs> Sammy Watkins. <laughs> um, but yeah, Marvin Jones. I'm not worried about. But Christian Kirk. They just gave him eighty million dollars. Um, and I'm not sure worried about any of the tight ends becoming a, the top target. Like. Yeah, are they going to spread the ball around? Sure. But I think Christian Kirk is going to be the most reliable. Um, I think he gets to around 1,000 yards, and I think he's – whatever we said about Alan Lazard, he's – like, that is – look, if you want to wait and take receivers as Alan Lazard and Christian Kirk and do, like, a zero wide receiver strategy, those are guys I would be contemplating taking late as top options on decent to good offenses – that could give you a thousand yards, eight touchdowns, and whole, you know, all of a sudden you have competent guys that are filling in that people thought weren't going to be wide receiver threes or actually wide receiver twos. Okay. I'm not sold, but I, I want to be able to say you were right. And I'm if going you to never say it and Christian Kirk goes off, right, then you can't be right on it. So I appreciate the stance here. Um sure. What it has done for me is if it gets beyond the Ayuk Renfro Thielen stage of yeah. the draft. Sure. And I'm looking at Galladay, Devontae Parker, Tyler Boyd, yeah, DJ Chark, Jacoby Myers, I would take Christian Kirk. Whereas I would not have before your speech. So I really appreciate you selling me on Christian Kirk over those guys. For sure. Yeah. And you know what? All those guys, I would feel comfortable taking them over Christian Kirk as well. So that's a good area that we found good little pocket that okay. is right there for sure. Um, oh boy. now we can move into our favorite, um, position group of any position group and let's talk some tight ends. Um, because every year, this, this is more, this is more of a, a, uh, philosophy about tight ends that I think most people, understand but we should reiterate and you word it very very well when you talk about what the tight end plan is so the floor is yours my friend yeah the the plan for tight end is 
a lot of years the same. You know, if you don't get one of the top three or four guys in the first four to five rounds, you wait. You you punt it until that second tier group of guys. And I'm not talking like this year, guys that I'm really avoiding, you know, like there's going to come a guy in the sixth round where it's like, oh, here's Dallas Goddard. No, I'm not. I'm not touching Goddard. Uh, I also this year, I'm probably not including TJ Hawkinson in that group of tight ends that I'm looking to take because Which pains your soul. It hurts because as a Lions fan, <laughs> um, as a the words closet, I'm not taking TJ Hawkinson have been the hardest yeah, words. It you've burns said all my mouth. <laughs> it stings the nostrils. Um, but I, I'm not taking TJ Hawkinson at cost. I'm not taking Dallas Goddard at cost guys. I'm looking to grab. Oh, well, heck it used to be. I was waiting for Gronkowski, but way to go and ruin my year, Rob. But got like look, taking the Homer stance out of it. A guy who is in a situation to take advantage of a high target volume, which is what you want in a tight end. You want that opportunity. Cole Komet is going at a point in drafts right around that ninth to 10th round where you can grab him. He'll be your starter probably all year and still get enough volume to be useful week in and week out. Um, it's 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 right there. You know, you just brought up a guy earlier up in the show, you know, Dave Njoku. I wouldn't take him now until the very last few rounds where, right. you know what, maybe Deshaun Watson isn't gone all year. Um, he, you know, David Njoku now is probably not getting drafted, um, to be honest with you. He's a guy that if you're in a pinch, you could get. Hunter Henry yeah. is, a, is a guy who had a, a role last year that was useful and on a – you know, he was highly targeted. So also someone to consider, but the main strategy, if we're going to just keep this short is if you don't get a Kelsey or an Andrews and or that's it for me, by the way, for me sure. right now, it's Kelsey Andrews, mm-hmm. huge drop off. Yeah. Pitts, Kittle Waller. And oh, the, the price that you're paying mm-hmm. for Kittle and Pitts, yeah, is much more expensive than Darren Waller right now. So can I can I tell you one thing? It's going to be contrarian, probably the lot, maybe not, but I am not taking Kittle at all. I'm not either. That's what I was going to say. I, I'm good with the price of Kelsey. He will return value at that price. Sure. I'm good with the price of Andrews. Another difference maker. It's like you For have sure. a top twelve receiver in your tight end spot. Sure. Kittle's not going to give you that on a week to week basis. Kyle no. Pitts is going to be inconsistent. Yeah. Darren Waller, I really like because people are reaching for Kittle and Pitts, and then they're waiting a couple rounds, and then they start again with Waller, followed by Goddard, TJ Hawkinson. Where is Waller going right now? I want to see. Uh, let me see. Let me let me take a look here and see where where um. Waller is going because I have sleepers ADP up right here. He's going around pick 40 in PPR drafts as yeah, 43 on player profiler as the tight end five. Yeah. So if look, if you're, if he's going after Andrews, Kelsey Pitts, and Kittle, absolutely. Yep. I'm taking in Waller. every draft I've seen Kittle For over sure. Waller. I don't get it. Well, because he's not going to be who he was the last couple of years, but you're not paying that price. If you're getting him, 
you know, in the fourth round, that's solid. You know, he's going to be a tight end that's playing the wide receiver position. He is a Kyle Pitts type guy with a better quarterback, better offense. Um, and if you're having to choose between Pitts, look, people are in on Pitts because they think that he is who he's going to be in two or three years. Pitts is good. That's I think that's yeah. an objective fact. I, I it's not his fault. It's the situation and the price tag. Um, you know what, Ben? Uh, talking about the touchdown total for Pitts, he absolutely can go another season without catching touchdowns. Julio Jones doesn't ever catch touchdowns, and he has a bunch of yards. You know, so yes, he. Absolutely, I would not be shocked to see a five or six touchdown season from Pitts. I wouldn't be shocked to see if he only had three or four touchdowns. You know, like he might be their top receiver. People option. don't understand that the drop off from from Matt Ryan to, to Mariota is real. Or if they we're put talking a about a Hall in? of Fame quarterback, yeah. If you it, look, if they go and they put in their rookie, uh, can't even remember from Cincinnati. I, I, I don't. I forgot. I lost track of the rookie quarterbacks because they don't matter. But if you have a rookie quarterback in there, um, that offense is nuked. All like that. If they want to Ritter. Desmond Ritter, yeah. If they if they put Ritter in and they just want to see what they have going into next season, Pitts is done. Like he's not. Which they will do. Yeah. In the sure. last four or five games of the season, it is going to be Ritter because they will be tanking and they might as well see what he's got. Yeah. And whereas that's not a possibility, really. Factoring in, you know, if we're not factoring in any injury possibility, Darren Waller is going to play with Derek Carr all season. Yes. You know. So if and you're getting that guy after pits and you're not having to take that risk a hundred percent, 10 times out of 10, I'm doing that. So yeah. Um, in summary, I'm good with Kelsey Andrews Waller at sure. cost. If I don't get one of those three at cost, I'm punting to the commit. Maybe freer Muth, Friar Muth, Friar Muth. Yeah. Um, and Gerald Everett is somebody that I've been, snagging up He's late great, everywhere great i can late round guy um yeah another great late another late round possibility is noah fant uh yep if you need a dart throw like i'm talking like one of your last couple picks um you need a guy that could have a role it'll be a bad offense um you know we're also not talking about a possible robert tunyon someone's gonna have He's to being catch- completely forgotten right now because he did have a bad start. He, he had a rough start. He started to kind of get things together before he destroyed his knee. Um, another but late no Devontae start. Adams. I feel like sure. the need for him, especially in the red zone, is going to be much more. And he's got that rapport. Rodgers loves Robert Tunyon. And mm-hmm. for where he's going, I feel like he's a absolute steal. Snatch him up. And if you lose your top guy to injury, or maybe somebody else does, you have somebody that you can trade or you can trade yours and play Robert Tunyon. He's he's basically free at this point. So when you see him down there and you don't know who to pick, grab him. Sure. Another option, two guys that I really like, one guy more so than the other, um, and no one is talking about really, is Irv Smith because he missed all last season. He doesn't have any competition. Tyler Conklin is gone. You know, Chris Herndon is a joke. Irv Smith is the only notable tight end on that roster, and they they have a role, and he's tied to a competent, above-average quarterback in Kirk Cousins. 
that is improved. They've improved their offensive line. They, they're going to move the ball. Irv Smith is going to be valuable. He's being valued at the tight end 17 right now. He's going in the 12th round almost, 11th, 12th round. Yep. He's a, he's a guy, if you're just punting tight end, after if you miss out on the top four guys or so, go Irv Smith. You know, another guy, I want to see where he's going in ADP. Um, Dawson Knox um, actually had a nice year, and he's on a great offense. Um, he's going as a tight end 10, you know. Again, eighth, ninth round, or ninth, tenth round. Yep. Maybe, yeah, probably eighth round you're having. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Um, but, I don't know how I feel about Knox. I feel like he had a bit of an outlier season. I would um, take Allen. Allen does Knox love over, him. So. O- over Goddard. So, Whoa. Okay. Yeah. That Well, industry-wise, that's a hot take. I wouldn't take either one. But I can maybe <laughs> see that. I can see him over. I can see taking him over Goddard. Um, I don't know about, that I would, but I can see it. Yeah. A late, I mean, Hayden Hurst is who you're talking about, Ben, the Cincinnati new tight end. I'm not touching any of the tight ends because they don't really use them a ton. Drew Sample was a guy who was interesting. They would be option number five on the offense, which yeah, is just tough. It's that's tough to count not, on. You'd have like, that's a streamer, like a deep, deep streamer in a deep league. Um, but I would move on to someone else. Um, but yeah, those are some guys, obviously I'm huge on Cole Komet, but the other guys that we just talked about, if you need a sleeper, Gerald Everett, Irv Smith, um, guys that you can get, um, and, and use, um, on realistically great offenses. Also, Albert O is not someone I'm considering in redraft. Um, interesting. That's another, uh, a hot name. People, they love big Albert, man. He's he's like a Noah Fant. I mean, ironically enough, yes, he's he's tied to Russell Wilson, but he'll probably be the third, fourth option on that that offense. You know, KJ Hamler coming back. I just he's going to be a streamer, and you'd have to wait to see how the, the season plays out. He should go late, so I I think Albert O is someone we can we can watch develop throughout the season. You're not going to have to spend any real draft capital on him. Wait for someone to draft him, and if they do draft him, they'll probably drop him at some point. So yeah, um, I, I would just wait. Uh, so that's that's our tight ends right now. Now we get to talk about somebody that I love. I love hate that you. I hate that support. you put this guy on the show sheet. I hate, <laughs> I hate, I hate that you put him on there because here's I, we why. Talk- and- in these talk about them every few show. mock drafts and these few mock drafts that we're doing i'm coming across the decision as an rb4 of ronald jones or michael carter those are the two that i'm having to decide between if i'm wanting to go running back towards the eighth or ninth round so when you're looking at ronald jones and michael carter let me give you a little analysis if you will i hate that word but after doing some research, making a little bit of a case, here's Ronald Jones' side. Derek Gore and Daryl Williams just combined for 250 touches in, in 2021. Do we think oh. Ronald Jones will get 200 to 225 touches? At 200 to 210 touches, which I think he can do, we're looking at around... 1,000 yards based on his career per touch average, which is over 4.8, almost five yards per touch. He's an efficient player. If you give him around eight touchdowns, 
with that workload, he is an RB2. He is a top 24 running back in the ninth round. No, we do not expect much receiving work at all with CEH and McKinnon coming back. But if there are two guys in the backfield who have been incredibly fragile, it's those two guys, Clyde and McKinnon. It does not take much if one of them gets banged up or God forbid both of them do. Ronald Jones is in a spot to be a top 15 to 18 running back. Dare I say again, because he just was in 2020. Dustin, how do you feel about Ronald Jones after the Ted talk? Still bad, man. Like still bad. (laughs) Uh, I, I don't, I don't. They're not afraid to run the ball inside the five. They just haven't been getting in. Sure. I, I just, it, you're talking about a guy who I don't even think is as good as Daryl Williams. So I, Ronald Jones okay. does one thing. He runs really hard at the line of scrimmage. He does not okay. pass protect. He fumbles. He does not catch the ball. And so when he comes in the game, you know exactly what they're doing. I just. So you would be shocked to see him touch the ball 200 times. I would be absolutely shocked that I just, I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be used more than people think that he should be. And he has, he earned the touches he's going to get probably not, but I feel like they believe in him, which is all it takes. I feel like they brought Ronald Jones in late and because he was going to be cheap and a body that they could burn. I think how late, how late? Yeah. Well, it wasn't that late. It was in the spring. I, that it was, it was after everybody had already settled all their other running backs. Um, it's not like they went out and said, we have to have Ronald Jones. It was more of a, everyone, it's more, they asked like, does anyone else not want Ronald (laughs) Jones? (laughs) And they're like, 10 touches a game for you. is unrealistic. He's not going to get 10 touches a game. Like, okay. He, he, I can he, see him having five some games, but games that they're winning, I can see them giving the ball 15 times. So I think they, it will even out to around nine or 10 touches a game, which is yeah. very close to 200 touches on the season. They they like to throw the ball. Like they really like to throw the ball. And they don't run. The, the Chiefs have never run the ball the same way that the, the rest of the league does. They don't run it under center uh, a lot. They. I'll Let me ask you up. this. Would you like to tackle Ronald Jones? No. I would just <laughs> okay. step aside and watch him fall down and fumble. <laughs> like that's I wouldn't have to tackle him. So you're saying the ground the ground causes the fumble, plays under yeah. review. Ronald Jones he went does untouched the hard work and it was a turnover. <laughs> yeah, I look in in reality I Ronald hope was, he proves you wrong more than anybody else in this industry. Look, and you know I mean that. I've already said he's on the perfect team for Ronald Jones. Yes. I'm never you going still to still think he sucks. I because he does suck. His he does suck. He's not all right. Good. Does Michael Carter suck? He sucks less than Ronald Jones. Okay. Michael Carter in 2021 wow, averaged 14 touches per game. Oh paced come out on. on the season. Paced out on the season. That would have been 220. Now add Brees Hall. To me, there is not a world where Michael Carter touches the ball 200 times. I do not think it's 
possible no. in any way if Brees Hall is healthy. No. Will he get more receiving work than Ronald Jones? Absolutely. 100% yep. sure. However, Ronald Jones is on a much better offense with yep. many, many, many more scoring opportunities and will get the goal line work, I believe. To me, he has a better chance to get 200-plus touches and eight touchdowns than Michael Carter. So when you're on the clock and you're thinking, I need a running back, and those are the two guys in that top four or five on your draft board, to me, sure. the choice is Ronald Jones. Is it for you, Dustin? Or are you looking even further down at somebody else? Yeah, If my choices are Michael Carter and Ronald Jones, yes, I will choose Ronald Jones. But Ronald <laughs> Yes, Jones, you love him. <laughs> I, Ronald Jones has never had 200 rushing attempts in a season. Like, okay, never. He In 2020, he had 192. And then the, Would like, you prefer wow. Jarek McKinnon? Um, maybe. Naeem Hines, Daryl Henderson, Ramondre Stevenson. League, I'm taking. Pro I'm probably taking Henderson over Ronald Jones. I'm probably taking Naeem Hines over Ronald Jones. Uh, Ronald Jones, like, look, it, you have to factor in if there's going to be it. You have to factor in. I, I'm, I'm predicting an injury because. Otherwise, Ronald Jones is just nothing. Like, so I'm just uh, I'm just out on Ronald Jones. The guy just if you watch him run, yes, he's like straight ahead. He reminds me of oh, who's the running back uh, for. He used to play for Eric Miami. Dickerson. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh Earl Eric. Campbell. No, no. Barry God. Sanders. Tear your eyes out. Never mind. <laughs> No, but for argument's sake, Michael Carter is going ADP on player profiler. Sure. Michael Carter is going 10 running backs, running back spots above Ronald Jones. I don't yeah. think that he should be. And you just said you don't year. either. I people yeah. love Michael Carter. I never liked him. He is he's like the diet soda version of David Montgomery, and that's not that's not a good thing. Like Michael Carter just makes people miss, but then he's like he's like Devin Singletary without whatever Devin Singletary does well, Michael Carter is worse. Like Devin I Singletary just, is an underrated running back. Agreed. He just is. just skill level wise. Obviously that, that yeah. room got really crowded, but sure. I think he's a great running not great, but he's a very undervalued runner talent wise. For sure. For sure. Diet soda is delicious. <laughs> it, some of it. Some of it can be. Um, but Ronald Jones, you're still out. Even, That's fine. not even if there's a fire. Um, let's You'll move have on. More to fantasy some old... points than Christian Kirk. You bite your tongue <laughs> off, okay? You you watch. I your think mouth. they both get close to a thousand yards, and I don't think Kirk has eight touchdowns. That's all I'm saying. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. <laughs> let's move on to some old, old, dusty wide receivers, guys. You can't even. Actually, no. Let's let's. We're gonna hold off on the old wide receivers because I just skipped over some of the. Don't uh, you do that? We got a lot of selling to do in this group too. A lot of selling. Well, let's talk some quarterbacks before we get to the dusty, dusty old wide receivers. We're gonna talk about your, everybody's favorite topic and quarterback twos. 
especially in super flex leagues. We got a few of them that we want to make the case for, at least talk through why they would make sense on your roster, because you're going to be looking at these guys and you're going to be thinking there is no case for me to draft this guy um, over Sammy Watkins. Like I just should just take Sammy Watkins because Sammy Watkins used to be on a good team. And I'm here to tell you that you you should you should consider these guys. And Travis, why don't you start us off with a guy that has the possibility, at least, of some weapons um, down there in New Orleans? All right. Sir Jameis Winston recently knighted. Not really. Um, <laughs> this is a tough study for me. You've got years of Drew Brees, which I don't think we can compare like nope. a lot of times you look back and say New Orleans over the last five years, you can't do that. Um, you've got just a few games, I think five or six games before injury for Winston. And then we had a makeshift rep- rest of the season with Taysom Hill, right? which was only fun for the Taysom Hill owners because of his legs. Um, in his six healthy games in 2021, Jameis Winston had 20 plus completions zero times. He had over 30 pass attempts in a game one time, which is shocking to me for both because I view him because of his time in Tampa as somebody who slings the rock, is not afraid to throw a pick, but he's going to have high volume numbers. I don't know that that's what they want him to do. Um, Correct. He did not have Michael Thomas, Landry, Olave. And that is a huge upgrade over the cast from last year of, of Callaway Harris and Traquan Smith. Jameis has always been fantasy relevant due to the let it fly mentality. Um, okay. I think that they limit him more than we want him to. And people relying on him in a super flex as a pretty solid quarterback too, thinking he's going to give you 15 to 18. There's other guys I would rather take over him that we'll discuss, but especially with the unknown of Michael Thomas. Jameis scares me a lot. Okay. That's, I mean, and I like him. I just, there's, there's a lot of red flags there. Right. Absolutely. Um, and we can, we can talk about, um, one of the, the quarterbacks that, that I would like to bring up as well. Someone who I feel is undervalued. And who is constantly um, forgotten about, and that's Mr. Mac Jones. Okay, we we've already talked about Mac Jones. Everybody, like I've seen some real hate for Mac Jones on the internet There's a lot, <laughs> and I think people look like I've I've seen the argument that oh he's he had three attempts in one game, and if you remember that game against Buffalo in a blizzard where the winds were literally blowing sideways and you could not yep. complete a pass. He he had, comparatively to other rookies, one of the better rookie seasons. I think he was like top five rookie seasons for a quarterback. Um, but coming into his second season with his same weapons and a tiny little plus, I, I, I put the tiny plus in there because I guess he has... Devonte Parker now, um, 
but ultimately it's going to be the familiarity with the the league and the conditioning he needs to have which you've seen you know with reports that he's slimmed down he's in better shape he's more mobile now um those are those are his growing points which i think for a rookie i don't ever like to look at a rookie quarterback and even consider them the same player as the sophomore version of them because you have that that second year leap you know with a lot of quarterbacks where it's now they're familiar you know unless there's been a you know complete teardown of the offense and you're you're having to readjust um it's it's uh it's really just tough for me to sit here and, and watch a quarterback that's tethered to um bill belichick that that isn't being considered a a at least a quarterback too because that's if you think about what they did with Mac Jones in his rookie year, what was Bill given? He was given a rookie quarterback that he was told he has to win with. And how do you do that with a rookie quarterback? You run the ball, you pass, or you manage the game, uh, you you get into winning situations, and you don't ask the the rookie quarterback to handle the entire um, breadth of the the offense. You bring him along slowly and give him more concepts as he's shown he can handle. And I think going into his second offseason, opening up the playbook, he's not going to throw for a you know a bottom of the league at attempts. He's, they're going to entrust him with more of the offense. And now you've still got guys like D- Damian Harris from Andre Stevenson, the 50 other running backs that they have on that roster. The you know Jacoby Myers is still there. Um, Kendrick Bourne, for whatever reason, people still love. Uh, he is there, but the tight ends, th- this is a Bill Belichick offense that's going to be more grounded pound, sure. But Mac Jones is an accurate and uh, is an accurate quarterback, and he likes to throw downfield. So I'm not really worried about um, I'm not really worried about that so much when it comes to Mac Jones. I think he's going to be a a quarterback two, and I think have weeks where he is a quarterback one. I like it. You've sold me on Mac Jones all off season. Um, at QB 24 off the board in a single QB redraft league, mm-hmm. would you prefer him to guys like Tannehill, James Winston, Trevor Lawrence as your two? Would I prefer him over those guys? Yeah. No. Cause that's no, where I... he's going. He's going after Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Do you, I, like I think... Tannehill versus Mac Jones. Versus, I mean, Tannehill's been a quarterback one before. Um, I I think in that offense, I think Tannehill can can still do it. So I I think, yeah, I think Tannehill over Mac Jones is still accurate. I think I would t- I think I would take Mac. Okay, given I weapons, that- given system, um, the loss of AJ Brown replacing with Robert Woods, I don't think is going to be. A lot of fun for Ryan Tannehill owners. I think replacing him with Traylon Burks is kind of where yeah. it would go. It's just that um, rookies suck. A lot except, of them do. <laughs> except for Jefferson of, and Chase. Right, right. All right, here's a guy who I am shocked to say what I am about to say. Carson Wentz. Oh, no. Career fantasy points per game. And this is not a short career. This is not a one or two year deal. This is a five plus year um, glance at Carson Wentz. 16.9 fantasy points per game. You think 
if my quarterback gives me 16.9 points any given week, you're probably not stoked about it. He didn't kill you, but you don't love that he did not give you a 20 spot. Here are five other guys worse than Carson Wentz career fantasy points per game. Matt Ryan, 16.6. Shocker to me. Kirk Cousins, 15.9. To me, shocker again. Especially given the fact that Kirk Cousins has had Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. He has had weapons pretty much his whole career. Derek Carr, 15 points per game. Jameis Winston, 14.7. Ryan Tannehill, 15.9. Carson Wentz, on his career, for just fantasy, not for media bias or making silly decisions in big moments, Carson Wentz gives you more than all of those guys, and he's going after every single one. Uh, You give him Terry, you give him a, a... Rookie in Dotson, who I don't like rookies, but people are high on him. A healthy Logan Thomas, Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Curtis Samuel, in what I think will be an easy division defensively. I am going to draft Carson Wentz over Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston, no. Ryan Tannehill. No! Stop! It, it, stop! For stop. redraft. Oh, over no. Matt Ryan, I mean, over Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr, I can't no. do it because of their weapons. Not even over Matt Ryan. I would take him over Matt Ryan. All right, so let me just break down what you just said because what you just said is blasphemy. It's idiocy, and I won't sit here for it <laughs> because what you just said, you just gave me average numbers. Like, ah, his, his career average. Career, he's done it on multiple different teams. This is who he is. Listen to what you just said. He just did on multiple different teams. You know who hasn't played on multiple different teams? Matt Ryan, because he's a good quarterback. And good and teams don't get rid of I'm good not arguing NFL skill or oh, Hall of Fame man. pedigree. I'm saying just fantasy wise. Oh gosh. Carson Wentz scrambles enough, sure. takes enough chances, and oh. gets it done. No. More than those guys have per game in their career. All of these guys have been in the league over five years. Some of them 10 years. Carson Wentz. All right, here. Let me let me let me put it to you this way, okay? Um this 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 helps, okay. I excluding the one season where Carson Wentz was almost the MVP and then decided to blow up his knee. Um you know how many times he has surpassed last. In 2020, Matt Ryan's average point total per game, none, zero. So you're Swap. saying it was because of one season? I'm saying it's because of one season. Because if you look at all of his season totals, he's never even come close to that one season. Whereas Matt Ryan has how many seasons? He's had at least two seasons where he surpassed that total that that Carson Wentz had. Why? Because he's super accurate and consistent. And now he has the best offensive line he's ever had, the best running back he's ever had. He's had a, he's got a blow up star in Michael Pittman. They just spent a second round pick on a wide receiver. They've got a healthy Paris Campbell. They have Naeem Hines. How many more people should I bring up? (laughs) I like the Colts. The Colts are easy to root for. Matt Ryan is easy to root for. Sure. Why has Matt Ryan with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Roddy White, Kyle Pitts, Devontae Freeman, all of these guys that are Pro Bowl players, some of them Hall of Fame players. Yeah. Why in his career is he less than Carson Wentz? 
It can't be because of one season. Carson Wentz has not played two or three years, and that one has disproportionately blown it up. He's played six or seven years. Sure. And and there were some there were some years where Matt Ryan had a crappy team around him. Absolutely. But then you also have years where he puts up MVP numbers or he, he gives you, you know, top exactly. 10. So, so he's had high, he's had higher seasons fantasy wise that have helped his average, just like Carson Wentz has had. Carson Wentz has had one season where he was a top 12 quarterback. The rest were 13 and below the, after his QB. If 13 so, season. if that's true, then how on a six season career has he had more fantasy points per game than Matt Ryan because it's a six season career and that one spike year means more to that average which means that peak of the average means a higher median which means a higher variance <laughs> which which means his average is going to be higher than the other you know eight seasons where Matt Ryan averaged higher than those points because he had four or five seasons that were below 16 but still were better than most of the seasons that that Carson Wentz put out there. You broke me. You know how many seasons I'm looking at this. You know, Carson Wentz has only played three full seasons. Given, given health, Carson Wentz will score more points in 22 than Matt Ryan. I strongly disagree. The Colts will win a lot more games. Matt Ryan will control the game and make the right decision. However, Carson Wentz has shown he will lay it on the line for his fantasy owners. Oh man. Uh, even let me ask you this. Who had better weapons last year, the Colts or the Falcons? It's easy. Who has what? <laughs> Who had better weapons last year, the Colts or the Falcons? Um that's, that's not a question. That's not it's a rhetorical. It It's Matt absolutely Ryan, a question. I would say arguably the Colts arguably they have the running back one they had michael Pittman. they had competent that's it that that's it i i love mo alley cox i wouldn't say that he was an awesome weapon last year oh god it certainly wasn't ty hilton paris campbell okay doolin pascal devin funches oh devin funches (laughs) I don't what how are I just don't understand you're gonna, you're gonna I like up. Matt Ryan, but Carson Wentz has gotten it done. For who? For fantasy owners. All right. Let's oh gosh, you're gonna make me pull this up on live on live on Twitter. Oh gosh, dude. Look at these are the hatred the hatred from the oh. fantasy community to Carson Wentz is unwarranted. Because he's terrible. Because he's, he's at literally what awful. at what at playing quarterback. Then how does he have more fantasy points per game than Matt Ryan? If he's <sighs> terrible at playing quarterback. Yeah. More he than Kirk terrible. Cousins, more than Derek Carr, more than Tannehill, more than Winston. But he sucks. Okay, so you just brought up more than Winston last year. Winston played like in four his games. career. Points per game. Okay. Jameis Winston, who had glory years with Mike Evans, so, Chris Godwin. You're <laughs> Vincent Jackson. Carson Wentz has not had those guys. 
He's had Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz. Deshaun Jackson sometimes. Carson Wentz. Oh, God. Why are we having this conversation on Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz has Because proven. you're seeing the light live on TV. No. No, <laughs> there's no light. Is there any chance that Matt Ryan is benched midseason? No. Is no. there any chance that Carson Wentz is benched midseason? 100% because they gave up a third-round pick. Because they were tank. I get it. But oh, it's so bad. Carson Wentz, from a fantasy perspective, has been fine. He hasn't been fine. He's been better than everybody on that list. If you're talking, yeah, career long averages, sure. But that's that's bleh, that's okay. He, he has Kirk I, Cousins been fine? Kirk Cousins has been great. He's he's a full point per game less than Carson Wentz on his career. He but he's been great. Yeah, yeah, he has because Carson Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. He is great. But career less than Derek, less than Carson Wentz. Yeah. Okay. So Carson Wentz maybe rushes for what a couple hundred yards a, a year. I just I don't I don't see it going over well two hundred rush yards per year. And one or two rushing touchdowns a year. I don't know why. I can't do it. I will. I will do it for us. My goodness. I just, I, I'm glad you found your guy. I just, I I can't do it with, with Carson Wentz. He's on. I think Matt Ryan has a better NFL season. I think the Colts are a much better team. There's no argument there. Season than Carson Wentz. Absolutely. And a points per game, I don't think so. He will. Now, it, does Carson Wentz get benched? Maybe, but in the games that he plays, I think fantasy-wise, he's no. right there just above Matt Ryan. Will there be games that Matt Ryan throws for 170 yards, one touchdown, and Jonathan Taylor rushes for 175 and two? Sure. Absolutely. That will not be happening in Washington. They will be coming from behind every single week almost. I don't know. The Colts that. will not be. The Colts will control the game. They will control the game script. They will run the clock. That clock is running all game with Jonathan Taylor killing people. I'm just telling you there is a path for Carson Wentz over Matt Ryan. Carson Wentz has one season over 4,000 passing yards. So how does he do it? So how does he do it? I already told you how he did it. If he's only had one year over 4,000, why is he a full point per game more than Kirk Cousins? All right, you know what? If we want to do it this way, I will break out the math right now and show you how this works. If we take out that one outlier season where he had 21, if if we bring all of the outlier seasons to 18 points, if we just want to call him You don't want to do that because he's only thrown for 33 touchdowns one time. I'm sure those other guys have done that multiple times. Matt Ryan has done that twice. So, okay, so you're going to take out one of his best season? Are you going to take out Kirk Cousins' best season? It Look, even if you take out the best season, Matt Ryan is still better you than You have Kirk. to play by the same rules. If you're going to say oh. it was a one-year deal, then you have to take everybody's best year out. I don't love Carson Wentz. I am not a Carson so Wentz bad. fan. It's so bad. I just think, fantasy-wise, he has shown that he can get it done at the same rate as Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, 
Jameis Winston, Ryan Tannehill, and Derek Carr. Would I take him over Cousins and Carr? No, but I would take him over the other three. I'm not going to take him over Matt Ryan. It just it won't happen. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Can't. That be is me. because you love Michael Pittman. That is the only reason. No, it's because they have a much better team. That doesn't believe. always help fantasy quarterbacks, though. Like, oh, God, if you... your if your team goes down by fifteen at half, you know. Sure. That your fantasy quarterback down 15 points in real life is going to have a very decent, if not 150 to 200 yards and a touchdown in the second half of just garbage time and coming from behind. Sure. There will be so many games where Matt Ryan does not have to do anything in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. When you're playing Houston or Jacksonville and Jonathan Taylor is going first down, first down, first down, touchdown and then another six minute comes off the clock for the other team they get it back Jonathan Taylor rushes it again and again as a Matt Ryan owner that is going to be very frustrating it doesn't mean he sucks they just don't need him to do what they're going to need Carson Wentz to do <laughs> Carson I just looking at that's uh, why Carson Wentz I, this is this is the answer no. to the question earlier when I say no. how and why has he done it the reason why is because he's been trailing his whole career Oh my God! Do you think that Matt Ryan has had great defenses? His entire he hasn't career? been no, he's been in shootouts, but he hasn't been trailing his whole career. I don't what feel like Matt talking, Ryan has been is, coming what behind. Is the, what is one of the the one true things that we have realized on this podcast is that you want teams that choose to pass, not teams that have to pass. Having and to pass, the Colts do not choose to pass, and they won't have to pass. Neither the Colts one can pass. The Col- the Colts can pass. They didn't pass last year because they had a crappy quarterback. Oh, God. Carson Wentz was 29th <laughs> in accuracy rating. I think Matt we spent Ryan 30 minutes eighth. arguing Matt Ryan versus Carson Wentz. Because you're you're, gonna, you're, you're either not going to do the... Out here. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of drugs is Travis on? We're either oh, gosh. not doing the old wide receiver party or we're going well over time. Make the call, Dustin. I'm okay going over time because the people... The people need to know when when Travis is wrong. It, I don't. <laughs> we'll have to talk. pick this back up. I, we're gonna have to get some other people's opinions on this. I don't even want to talk about Davis Mills now. Like Davis Mills was the other. There's quarterback no need. I, Davis Mills gets cut off the show. Sorry. All right. Let's let's talk about old old wide receivers because my goodness, there are a lot of them, and you're gonna have to draft them, um, or at least know why you're letting your your league mates. <laughs> Um, draft these old, old, crusty old wide receivers. And we're going to take it one step further. We're going to actually compare these wide receivers to anything else out in the world. And Travis, I'll start it off because we just talked about this wide receiver's teammate. These um, are relatable, ex- relatable life experiences that we absolutely, have. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is a uh, character to these guys. Michael Thomas, the wide receiver for the new Orleans saints. He's like an old Corvette. Okay. That you just finally got up and running, but as soon as you get it up and running, the check engine light comes on and you're not really sure why there's like maybe a rattling noise that you can't figure out. The car seems to go like it's sitting in your garage. You haven't driven it yet, but it's going and you just you're not sure what to expect because with Michael Thomas you're not really sure 
what you're getting. You're not sure if it's going to break down when you try to get to the stoplight right by your house. Um, you know, the car's got a beautiful paint job. You know, it's got the name value. You're going to have to pay that Corvette price for this car. But, you know, hey, that car cool. used to really be something fine. It used to be the, I mean, when it came out, this was the top of the line, could not beat this car. Um, you know, it could give you a realistic, whoa, that's why I paid what I paid for, you know, this this piece of equipment. Or it could give you, I really can't believe I spent every <laughs> dollar of my kid's college fund this on is this is a money car. pit. Um, so if you get them for a deal, sure, it's, it's worth it, you know, but... Okay. Honestly, everything is telling me that it's 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 probably not going to be worth where you're having to draft him. So for me, I'm out on Michael Thomas. You're out because you would have to draft him ahead of Rashad Bateman. Yep, for sure. To put it shortly. Yeah. All right. I will go with DeAndre Hopkins. To me, DeAndre Hopkins is the long road trip to the beach somewhere whether it be Florida, California, etc. There's beach fine beaches in Florida, just 11 or 12 hours depending on how fast you're driving from Colt Stadium. Maybe Matt Ryan could even throw it that far. But from Texas it would take you about 8 to 12 hours depending on what part of Texas you're coming from to get to an awesome beach in Destin, Florida. There'll be many moments where you question if it's worth it. Should you call an audible and go somewhere shorter? Maybe stop in New Orleans, call it halfway. Less vacation time wasted on the road, maybe. But you know, when you get there, if you stay the course, that the beach is going to be beautiful. White sand, blue water, cold drinks, well worth the drive. The moral of the story for DeAndre Hopkins is this. Make the drive. Stay the course. Maybe you find some friends to ride and share along the journey. Do your best to enjoy the scenes along the way. Maybe that scene is named Russell Gage. Maybe he gives you a great first six weeks until Chris Godwin comes back. And then DeAndre Hopkins was worth the wait because you can plug him in. Stay the course with DeAndre Hopkins. It's well worth it. He will reward you. Okay. All right. You know, I feel like that was like something I would use the call map for. Like to like <laughs> this is this is Matthew McConaughey <laughs> reading me a story. I'm gonna go what ahead. a great compliment. I'm gonna read you a story about DeAndre Hopkins and the road less traveled. <laughs> but DeAndre Hopkins, you're gonna so you're have telling to me read. you're telling me it was beautiful. Yeah, you don't really have a choice. Yeah, it was beautiful. It, it's gonna take it's gonna take a minute for for DeAndre Hopkins to come back, but. Uh, yeah, I agree. For where you're, you're taking him, hopefully he's able to come back and be that, that wide receiver one. The next wide receiver that we're going to talk about is probably not a wide receiver one. Probably not even a wide receiver one on his own team. But Robert Woods is a glass of milk. Okay, in the right situation, he is exactly what you want. Okay, you know what to expect from milk. In an offense that is devoid of any other established receiving weapons, we'll call that the cookies. Okay. He is exactly the perfect fit. Okay. He isn't going to be some game changer, though. He's not going to be, he's not going to come through and save the day, most likely. 
He's not going to be that missing piece on your roster. It's like, that's what I need to pull this all together. You know, he's, he's not something you're going to pair with a nice steak. He's <laughs> milk. Okay. He needs certain conditions to be met for him to be valuable in your starting lineup. Okay. He needs to be facing a team where it's, they don't care about a guy getting eight targets. He's milk. Okay. You don't come in from a hot day and be like, you know what I need right now? Milk. You know, Robert Woods. He has a role. Milk has a role. Milk has a role. He has a purpose. You want to make some pancakes? Guess what? You're going to have some milk. Even if it's almond milk. Almond milk has a role, too. I put almond milk in my coffee every day. Soy milk? Sure. Robert Woods can be soy milk. (laughs) Any kind of oat milk you want. But Robert Woods, any way you put it, is milk. I like it. Uh, ben asked, what about top three receiver in the league? Chase Claypool. Please tell me y'all saw that on Twitter. I absolutely did. And oh, off the top of my head, if I have to assign meaning to Chase Claypool in this exercise that we're currently doing, I will say, and I actually want to post this because I'm a fan of it now. Chase Claypool is LeVar Ball. Oh, no. Come on. That's an insult. <laughs> to LeVar Ball. This man said he's a top three receiver in the league. Yeah, because he just got done talking with Mike Tomlin where he's like, Coach, I'm a top three receiver on this team, right? And then he's like, it's nice talking to you, Chase. He's like, I'm a top I'm a top three receiver, right, Coach? He's like, have a good day, Chase. Like, they made the LeVar band. Ball was always around saying crazy stuff. He said, I've got yeah. three professional basketball players in my family. Two of them are. So maybe it wasn't yeah. that crazy. Maybe sure. Chase Claypool returns to top 24 range. That sure. could be very LeVar Ballish. Ballish. Right. I like it. Um, all right. We're going on to the next old wide receiver. Devontae Parker. Gross. Devontae Parker is when you go to someone's house for dinner and they say something like this. For dessert, and everybody gives them their attention because they're very excited about dessert homemade desserts everybody's a fan but at this family's house for whatever reason they enjoy something like strawberries and whipped cream as a dessert for a dinner party you know it's fine but you don't really want it will you take it over nothing usually yes does anything about it excite you no it does not the moral of the story do not be the host that serves strawberries for dessert. When you see Devontae Parker on your draft board and recognize the name and think Dolphins receiver, thousand yards, don't do it. There's other guys in other positions you should take over Devontae Parker at ADP. Devontae Parker, you are strawberries and whipped cream when everybody else really wanted some sort of molten chocolate lava brownie with vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. or what have you. Um, yeah. Devontae Parker, you will be on zero teams, and strawberries for dessert will be served zero times at my dinner parties for my life. That's that's rough. I would take Claypool over Parker. That is... <laughs> this dude said... Vince, I'm taking... Parker is like the house on ha- on Halloween that handed out toothpaste. We are egging that house. Wow, oh, that's next God. level right there. Those eggs... Yeah. Egging a house is a criminal offense for sure be careful ben oh oof ah oh, Devonte parker couldn't be me 
My last wide receiver is Jarvis Landry. Apparently, I'm just all about the Saints receivers here because Jarvis Landry is an old ACDC record that you find at a garage sale. Okay, at this point Ooh, in his career. Polarizing here. Yeah, he, he's got some minor smudging and some worn out tracks, but it can still absolutely be your main source of tunes. Okay, it can still be your Sunday, you know, rocking out mix any any time because it's just not going to sound exactly how it used to all the time but you got it for a dollar okay and if especially if the record player that you're playing it on plays like it used to as well then you're going to have a beautiful musical experience and Jarvis Landry is going to be a you know safe wide receiver two option I each like and every it. week and a guy that you can get later in drafts and especially if Michael Thomas comes out and says, hey, guys, I'm actually able to play this year and I'll be back for training camp. Jarvis Landry is still going to be that guy that's waiting to be the guy once Michael Thomas is like, actually, guys, I'm not the same guy anymore. So Jarvis Landry, to me, is is completely slept on. So he is an ACDC record that you get for 10 cents. I love that. Um, will you have to go through a few scratch songs? Absolutely. Sure. When the album is over, will the people that you just listened to it with say that was worth it? Absolutely. Yes, they will. Um, will. Jacoby Myers at the same range as Landry or Parker, because I like Myers over Parker. I'm not taking Myers over Landry. Are you Dustin? I I could take, I could take Myers over Landry. I could take Myers over Landry for sure. Talk about positive TD regression. This is the yeah. third year at it's some almost point. Almost impossible. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. We are down to our final old wide receiver. Oh, man. It is Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen is the old friend that you get to hang out with every time you go back to your hometown. A round of golf together, a few cold beers, and some darts at your favorite local spot. Talking about the highlights of middle school or high school together, he is reliable. He will show up to you, show up for you anytime he possibly can. Anytime his body will let him or his schedule. Just like if that friend is in town, he's going to meet up with you. You're going to have a very solid time and it's going to feel wholesome. Adam Thielen is worth drafting for another year. I am in on Thielen. I think he got unlucky with the injury last year. He was on a an incredible pace, I think, inside the top 20, maybe even top 15 until injury in week 12. Tell your loved ones, your old friends, that you love them. Tell Adam Thielen that you love him and draft him. Absolutely. Going at wide receiver 52, that's value. That's beautiful. That's insane. Man. A lot of old receivers. We didn't even cover all of the old guys. There are so no. many of them. Maybe we need a part two of the old receivers in a few weeks. Sure. Brought to you by Metamucil. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, that's... They're drinking psyllium <sighs> husk every morning. Oh, goodness. I just can't wait till draft season, man. I can't, like, we're already starting to approach mock draft season where people are getting more and more into it. You know, Scott Fish. Starting to look at keepers. Yep. Yep. Starting to look at them. It's uh, it's getting exciting. Um, you know, the the real training camp buzz, um, the pre-buzz that you're kind of getting into. Oh, this person's showing chemistry with this guy. 
um it just you you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna love it i don't even know what metamucil is (laughs) well if you want to stay regular travis you're gonna need to pick up some metamucil it's oh yeah i've seen that i've seen that yeah sure i don't know i don't know like once you get older i guess you just care about like you don't want anything different you just stay regular like i don't care just keep today's it a great same. day <laughs> you know why because of my bm yeah <laughs> because of- <laughs> it's ridiculous oh my god yeah you know what what do you want tomorrow to be like just like yesterday okay we're gonna we're gonna keep them all the same Make sure you bring uh, it on that road trip, that DeAndre Hopkins road trip. Yeah, no joke. Well, with that, with that, I think we're gonna ride out on that man. Metamucil is one that that likes to send us out. That's Today's show brought to you by. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, y'all. Thanks for sponsor. thanks for listening in. This has been a lot of fun. Catch the podcast if you missed anything. We'll be back next week with a, another mock draft. This time with some guests. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you so much again for listening and watching. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Like us on Twitter and YouTube. Leave a comment. Um, As always, y'all, losing sucks. Don't do it.